Welcome to the FM Global Resilience is a Choice podcast. I'm Steve McGrath. Resilience is essential for business, especially in this time of disease, climate concern, and geopolitical tension. But can business resilience actually be measured? FM Global definitely thinks so and lays out the results in a new ranking of 130 countries and territories by the resilience of their business environments. This ranking is the 2021 FM Global Resilience Index, and it's online at fmglobal.com and fully interactive. Here to explore the index and its value is Eric Jones. He's FM Global's Global Manager of Business Risk Consulting. Good morning, Eric. How are you? Good morning. I'm great. Thanks, Steve. So let's dive right in. Who are the top 10 countries with the most resilient business environments? Well, the top 10 is dominated by Western Europe. So Denmark, Norway, and Luxembourg are in the top three, followed by Germany, Switzerland, Finland, Sweden, and Austria. Uh, the lone exception to Western Europe is the United States. The central region of the United States comes in at number nine, followed by the UK at number 10. And one thing I think that's important to understand with the index is the scores that the index reflects, these are not absolute measures of risk. These are relative measures of risk. So in other words, you're going to have a more resilient environment to do business in in Denmark than you are in a country that's ranked at the bottom of the index like Venezuela or Haiti. So it's a great conversation starter to really help companies understand where might we have the highest levels of risk within our business. So what do we mean by business resilience? I think there's two sides of it. One is the risk of something bad happening, but the second is the bad things are going to happen no matter what. It's just there are certain risks that are just unavoidable. Things do happen even in an area where there's a lower amount of risk. So the second side of it is the ability to rebound quickly from that. I think the index does a really good job of kind of blending those two things together. So when we talk about resilience, we're talking about degrees of risk of something bad happening, but also the ability to rebound quickly when something bad does happen. You've really broken down the world and 130 countries and territories are ranked according to their business resilience. What goes into that ranking? What's the algorithm or the data? Well, there are essentially three main areas that are looked at. Economic factors, risk quality factors, and supply chain factors. Within each of those factors, there are four different drivers or measures of risk, if you will. And those come from a variety of different sources from around the world. And some of the most responsible and thoughtful and strategic executives are increasingly concerned about climate. I know this isn't a climate index, but is this useful in considering climate risk? Climate is a big part of the risk quality measure. Now, each of the drivers or the measures that I mentioned, everything is treated equally because you just never know what sort of risk is going to crop up. And my goodness, in the last two years, we've seen just about every risk imaginable that can impact the resilience of a business. But certainly natural hazard risk, fire risk quality, uh, and exposure to natural hazards, that, that is very prevalent uh, within the index. Do you ever hear from businesses telling you stories as to how they actually use the index to make an important decision? We've heard from a, a number of companies that have developed fairly sophisticated supply chain risk management efforts, and they have infused 
the resilience index into those efforts. And it allows them to have better conversations with their executive management on where are we potentially exposed within our business. And of course, the index is available to anyone that wants to access it. It's on our website. So the ability to pull this information in uh, for any business that's out there is completely doable. And it's a great additional data point that can be used and combined with other sources of information to give a company a very comprehensive and holistic understanding of risks that are facing their business. What comes to mind to me is that you can't put all your manufacturing facilities in Denmark. Maybe the cost of labor is too high, the cost of land and that sort of thing. Nor can you put a high value pharmaceutical manufacturing company in the least resilient parts of the world, right? So how how does that figure in when you're kind of looking at where to actually put your business? Well, risk exists everywhere. And every company has to deal with risk. You can't transfer it all away or mitigate it or manage it all away. The, the important thing is that you look at risk with your eyes wide open and you figure out where, what, what level of risk are we dealing with and how resilient are we in the face of that. And when you look at what's happened over the last few years, all of the different types of risks that have faced us from the pandemic cyber risk, political turmoil, all sorts of natural hazard, climate change related disruptions. We had this insane freeze that we had uh, here down in in Texas. You never know what's going to impact your business. So you have to take a scenario neutral approach to resilience and to business continuity planning and those types of things. So the index is another data point that helps you round out your understanding of what are the risks that face your business because you're going to have to deal with something one way or another. I know the resilience index isn't a pandemic index, but how did it fare in terms of predicting, if you will, how countries fared in the pandemic or post-pandemic rebound? The resilience index is a broad measure of resilience overall over a wide variety of risks. There's no specific assessment of pandemic risk within it, But there are several of those drivers or those measures of risk that I talked about earlier that lend itself very well to what we're seeing as as countries rebound out of the pandemic and things start to shift back to normal. We see a pretty strong correlation between the countries that are rebounding out of the pandemic strongly and their overall level of resilience according to our resilience index. So some of those measures underlying the index that relate to the pandemic might be, what, economic strength, governance capabilities? Productivity, certainly. We're seeing countries that are wealthier. They're doing better in terms of rebounding. Political risk, control of corruption, corporate governance, those are some of the drivers within our index that also speak very strongly and have a high correlation to pandemic rebound. So if I want to uh, go on to the index and look at Singapore and drill into those measures, those that handful of measures we just talked about, can I do that? Yes. The resilience index data on our website, it's interactive. So you can sort it in a number of different ways. You can look at it with the overall scores, or if you want to sort it by just the economic factors or the risk quality factors, 
or the supply chain factors. So if you feel like that there's one particular aspect of this that really speaks strongly to the type of business that you have or the type of risks that you're concerned about, you can look at that in a very specific way. So for example, if you're really concerned about risk quality and and natural hazard risk, you can sort the index by that measure and see where which countries score best or worst for that particular measure. So we talked about who are the top 10, and that was largely Western Europe. Who is at the bottom? The bottom three are Iran, Venezuela, and Haiti. A number of reasons for that. But if you look at the things that seem to be common in the top 10, I think the opposite is true for the for the countries in the bottom 10. You've got political instability. You've got serious natural hazard risks, and you've got corruption issues. So there's a number of things that uh, would cause some of these countries to be ranked at the bottom. Did any countries move either up or down significantly, dramatically for any reason? There were a few that did. Every year, there's always a handful that seem to raise a few eyebrows. I guess if I had to pick one that surprised me uh, a bit this year, it would be the Ukraine. The Ukraine rose from 84 to 63. So that's a pretty sizable jump. And when you look at what's going on in the Ukraine, I wouldn't have expected that part of the world to have become more resilient. But again, that's the importance of having an objective data-driven analysis, because certainly that's what the data indicates, that there have actually been some improvements uh, in that area Uh, that have reduced the risk overall of doing business there. What is the perspective of the business who can really use this? And what should that perspective be? This is a great conversation starter. It's a process starter. If you're doing business in or somewhere in Latin America that has a low score, it doesn't mean, well, let's close those facilities down. It just means we need to drill in a little bit more. We need to make sure we understand what is our level of risk in those areas. And it leads to further discussions. It leads to further analysis because ultimately what companies need to do is you've got to understand where you're exposed within your business. What is the level of financial impact that could occur if you have a business disruption? And then what is your ability to reduce that in some way? And this is a great way to start that entire process. And you mentioned the potential long-term impact of uh, disruption. Can you give us an example of how disruption, a a lack of resilience, can lead to long-term financial performance problems? As I mentioned, where companies need to head is they need frameworks to quantify the level of risk in their business. And there's a lot of different ways to quantify risk. And traditionally, risk is often quantified in kind of insurable terms looking at what is the six-month or one-year financial impact from a loss. But they really need to think about it in a longer time horizon. You know, look at it from a standpoint of kind of evaluation approach that might be done through a merger and acquisition process where you really look at the entire value of a business and things that can dilute that value things like reduced market share, because if your business is disrupted, if you're not able to operate, you're going to lose customers and they may or may not come back. And if they do come back, it may take a long time. You're going to lose growth opportunities because if you're not operating, you're not able to grow. And guess what? If you're losing customers, if you're losing growth, 
your investors are not going to like that. They're probably going to demand a higher cost of capital for their investment because they're going to perceive there to be more risk in your business. All of those things combine to reduce the value that the business is worth. So there are a lot of long-term ripple effects that can occur from any sort of business disruption. And companies need to understand what that picture looks like. Now, in the risk management world, we're kind of paid to be pessimists a little bit. But particularly in the C-suite, sometimes things can be looked at a little overly optimistically. And low probability events often get dismissed as, oh, it's never going to happen to us. And so I really want listeners to understand that low probability events do happen. Just look at all of the crazy things that have happened in the last couple of years. Things like the resilience index, and there's a host of other things that are out there, are important to help point you in the right direction to start those key conversations, to drill in deeper and really understand how much risk are we talking about and what can we do about it? Because you just never know what's going to hit you that can cause a massive disruption that can then really dilute the value of your business and put you at a serious competitive disadvantage. Resilience overall can be a competitive advantage when you're able to rebound more quickly than your competitors in the face of a, of a wide disruption. Well said, Eric. Our guest today has been Eric Jones. He's FM Global's Global Manager of Business Risk Consulting. Thank you very much, Eric. Thanks for having me, Steve. I appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Try out the 2021 FM Global Resilience Index on the FM Global website at fmglobal.com slash resilience index. That's one word. Find more FM Global Resilience is a Choice podcast at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and other streaming services. Please like, share, rate, and leave us a message.